You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I am Marcus. It is the 12th of February, and we had a bit of snow. And uh, here I am, just trying to keep warm, fresh from rehearsal. I had a rehearsal this morning, trying to get myself back. Uh, match fit again. We don't know when the lockdown's going to be lifted. We don't know when the people are going to be back in the music venues. We have no way of knowing that. Um, but just for myself and just to get my backside out of the fridge, um, I've decided that um, I need to be rehearsing and putting the big ones in. So I'm rehearsing three times a week, and this morning uh, was a good one. Um, I sort of capoed everything, put a capo on two for those of you that know, and took everything up a key. So I was really pushing. Um, I warmed up first, of course, um, and did it all properly. But after I was warmed up, uh, took it up a level and um, just, uh, you know, I'm trying to rehearse different sets and trying to rehearse different things. And um, if nothing else, standing up for a couple of hours um, really um, is bringing back the memories of uh, how, how much the shoulders hurt when you had a guitar on for two hours and you're not used to it. Um, but I've been doing okay. I'm back trying to lose some weight, trying to get myself ready, and um, I'm a bit like that. I always feel like, um, you know, you've got to put the work in away from the stage. And uh, to be honest, there's been plenty of times in my life when I haven't, and now I'm thinking, yeah, because it's kind of... Um, for me, the voice is back, and the voice is back stronger than ever. And I seem, the voice seems okay, seems strong. The the vocal range is really good, but the breathing isn't there. And you can hear from you know week to week when I'm doing these that I get short of breath. It's just because I've not been doing any cardio. I've not been uh, working, and with the snow on the ground, not being able to walk. So I'm trying to stand up two or three times a week and bang through a set, so I burn uh, off some calories that way. And um, anyway, this is Grassroots, um, aimed at those of you that used to play your local community centre in a big echoey hall and wonder why everything was a big mush, or you used to put a cassette player on the floor and record your rehearsal and end up listening to the banter in between for the next week rather than listening to the hard work that you did uh, as a playing as a band. As usual, I want to start with a thank you as well, um, so those of you who know who you are, who sent me nice little messages last week after that strongly worded email uh, from Doug. Um, I'm a big boy and I'm not worried about it. And uh, to be fair, um, you know, I, I answer all the questions and I think I was fair. And uh, I've not heard anything from him since, but uh, thanks to everybody that sent me little messages just to say, you know, keep up the good work. We like what you do. And, and um, yeah, that means a lot. So thank you for that. That's uh, That's brilliant. But this week, let's see what we've got in our mixed bag of questions. We're going to start with Matt, and it says X South Woodham. Uh, Matt says, do you remember the town crier? I saw lots of great bands there. Did you ever play it, and do you know if it's still there? Uh, no, Matt, I don't know if it's there or not. If somebody can let me know, I'm assuming it's obviously closed, as everything seems to be closed at the moment. But, um, yeah, we played it. It was always a good place. I think it was a Saturday night we used to do it, and it was like a restaurant. Um but, yeah, we did it more than once and uh, always had a good um, show there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we, we played it fairly late in um, in our career, really, in terms of Walter Wall, because, we, I mean, Walter Wall started in 96 and we didn't play the town cry until about 2005. Um, 
So we knew of it and we tried to get in there a few times and they were they were really having duos and then they gave us a chance and we played it a few times. But yeah, I remember the town cry. It was a good, good place to play. And uh, if it is still there, then long may it continue. There were two or three in that little, um, I say a big, it was like a big car park, a big superstore there. And the town crier was one. And there was another venue that we played, um, which was like a nightclub-y sort of one there. And I, I've got JB's at the back of my head, but I really don't know if it's that. Um, but we have played it, uh, yeah. But the town crier, great little venue and um, always enjoyed it. Thanks for your question, Matt. Craig, and he just says, from Essex, which is, uh, to be fair, it's not that big a place. Um, Craig says, are there any foods I should or shouldn't eat when I'm singing? Um, well, there are, there are mixed opinions. There's the obvious things. Um, but you don't, you, know, you don't want to get to the point where you become a diva about it, I think. But you shouldn't have lots of chocolate. Um, these, are, these are really on days you sing. I mean, you can have the odd bit of chocolate, don't, you know... Don't be a martyr to it, but um, you shouldn't have too much dairy. You shouldn't have too much cheese. You shouldn't have too much chocolate. You shouldn't have too much, well, milk, dairy stuff. Um, Also, you know, um, you need to drink plenty of water. Make sure you drink plenty of fluids. Um, And uh, I suppose, obviously, spicy foods or anything that's going to make you belch, you know, while you're trying to sing. (laughs) but really, I mean, it's it's common sense. On on the day of a show, you need to, um, I mean, for myself, I don't like to eat too much before I perform. But the problem with that is that after you've performed, you're then starving and you end up, that's where the kebab and all that comes from, at two o'clock in the morning. So it's a hard habit to break if you've been on the road for 10 years and gigging every Thursday, Friday, Saturday and finishing at midnight and then you've not eaten before you go on. So I think, uh, I mean, I'm not here to be a dietitian. Uh, Craig but I'm just here to say just things like cheese because I mean I'm a better singer for not having so much cheese um, only because I, I feel I've got less uh, <clears throat> at the back of the throat um, and uh, yeah I mean d- dairy I, I, I'm sort of down I'm on um, uh, skim milk and things like that these are just little changes you can make you know things like yogurts and anything that's uh you know, anything that you feel will will make you uh, cough. So chocolate always makes me cough. Um, but I mean, when you're in this crazy business, sometimes you play a wedding and someone bring you a big plate of buffet to have up there and you've not eaten all day. And so in between songs, you know, you're munching a bit of pork pie and stuff. But realistically, Craig, be careful of the stuff that makes you cough, like chocolate. Be careful of the stuff that uh, is, is dairy, so like cheese, because that'll be... There, there are other things... There's probably a long list of things, but everybody is different. Um, for me, I don't drink an awful lot of coffee when I'm performing. Um, but, uh, you know, and I don't drink on stage either. I, I, I'll have, I have my water on stage. I don't. Sometimes I'll have a shandy, but most of the time I, I try not to drink um, because it makes you bloated. You feel, you know, you don't feel too good. Anything that makes you bloated as well, anything. So things like too much bread on the day of a show. Um, but that's my opinion and, and somebody else might, you know, go and have a ruby every, every Friday and then walk it straight out on stage. Um, so to be absolutely honest, uh, Craig, it's really the obvious things, chocolate, cheese, milk, dairy, yogurts, and drinking plenty of water and not drinking too much alcohol or certainly not the top shelf, mate. 
you know, don't get a shot of everything behind the bar and then, and then walk out on stage because being there, done that, wasn't a great show. Uh, Chris in Ilford. This is a great question. Chris in Ilford says, Hi, Marcus. How do you get around the age-old problem of people who want to get up and sing with you or if they want to use your microphone to make announcements? Yeah, to be honest, Chris, it's, it's the bane of everybody that's ever done this business uh, you know, ever been in this business is that there's always someone who wants to get up and sing. It's something I've never understood. And when we do the Oasis tribute, it's bloody worse because, you know, we have Liam up there, my brother, and he, you know, he's, he's playing Liam and he's doing that. And you get people at the front going, can I get up and play the tambourine? Well, I wonder if Queen tributes have four blokes in vests down the front saying, can I get up and, you know, quickly, quickly sort of stick a yellow jacket on. But with Liam, it's a thing where they just want to get up, play the tambourine and look cool doing it, I suppose. But uh, something I've never understood. But, yeah, we all get that as well. You know, uh, oh, Harry sings a bit. Do you mind if he sings with you? Or, or my daughter sings, can she sing with you? Things like that. I'll come to that in a minute. With regards to people who want to use a microphone to make announcements, particularly, I mean, it's pretty, pretty much... Uh, a no-no at the moment anyway because of the COVID situation. So you've got to be careful. But there's 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 two things that I've always done or at least got into the habit of doing. I've always kept uh, a spare microphone, which I, you should have anyway, but like an old microphone. So I've got my... I use an SM58 when I'm performing. Industry standard, right? Um, and uh, in recent times, I'm thinking about moving over to... Um, a Beta 58A, but I don't know. I kind of like the I kind of like the SM58, but anyway, that's by the by. So I usually have a spare SM58, and I usually have like a like a T-bone microphone that, that were like you got three for like forty quid or something, and they plug in and they don't sound too bad. And so if somebody wants to make announcements, um, and bearing in mind, you know that some people who want to make announcements don't have any microphone technique. So they'll get up there and go, you know, blow on the microphone. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Shut up! Shut up! So you think, right, well, first of all, um, I don't want to, I don't want anybody using my microphone for, for just for the hygiene part of it. I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, but would I want to snog him with tongues? No. But I might as well do if he's going to slobber all over my microphone and then I'm going to sing into it. So, or she. Um, so the, the age-old problem is that you have two things I got into the habit of. Sorry, I lost the, uh, my train of thought there. Have a spare microphone that you can use in case someone says, you know, do you mind if we use your microphone to call the bingo or make announcements? No, not a problem. And either set up a separate mic that you, you then leave on the floor or you leave to hand, that you hand them, that set up an EQ differently to yours. Um, just you know, flat and and no 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 reverb on it and stuff like that. And then if they do come up and do it, you've just got it to hand. To be honest, it takes a couple of minutes to do it, not even that. But it means that if anybody comes up and says, "Can we? Can I quickly say something?" They're not reaching for your mic. You go, "Hang on, yeah, I've got one here for you," just in case this happened. Um, and the other thing is to have, like I have, um, hygiene and antibacterial wipes that I keep in the bag um, just to give it a wipe over. Just sometimes you get caught unawares. You know, you're singing something, you walk away from the mic, someone gets on it and, oh, you know, you know what these people are like. Um, 
so you have you know I've got antiseptic wipes so now and again just in between a song I can quickly I don't make too much of a thing but just before I go on and before we put it back in the in the bag or before we start the second half um, I just give it a quick wipe over with the anti-back, anti-back wipes so if you've got some anti-back wipes that's great if you've got a spare microphone just a cheap one put it in a separate channel keep it low I mean the problem is, of course, that on top of that, you then got to worry about your equipment because if they start going, ah, oh, you know, screaming through it, they'll pop your speakers. So in an ideal world, they wouldn't use your equipment. But sometimes you get caught and sometimes you have to do what's right. So the other thing as well is if they're doing that, never leave your mixing desk. Stand up there, you know, and, and because just in case they start wandering in front of the speakers, pointing the the microphone at the speakers, you're you're on the button, you can quickly either mute it or turn it down. You can control a level a little bit if they you know, um just to protect your equipment. Don't just hand them a microphone and go and get a pint because you know the the, the amount of times I've seen that and then at the end of it they go, Thanks, put a microphone on the floor. You know, from people going, God, that was loud. So be careful of of that. And stay up there. If someone's using your equipment, stay up there. If someone took your car for a test drive, would you really let them take it around the block unless you sat next to them? So that brings me to my next point, which was the second half of your question, Chris. Actually, it was the first half of your question, Chris. When people want to get up and sing, yeah, my daughter sings a bit. Can she get up and sing with you? No, no. And the trouble is with things like that is that people then think that you're an ego. You're on an ego. And and they'll say stupid things. Why? It's because she's you worried she's going to be better than you. Which you know, I'll be honest. I've I've had a range of answers to that. Um, but you know, you have to deal with these people. And what I've always said is, look, I can't let you. Okay, I have to pay every single year to insure this equipment. It cost me a fortune to insure it. Right the way down to every single lead that I use, every single pedal that I use, every single microphone that I use, every single piece of equipment that you see on this stage, I have to pay to have PAT tested. I have to have an an insurance, a public liability insurance, in case I drop a speaker on somebody. And I then have to be the only one, the named user of that equipment. And if if I let somebody use it, then I might as well let an unnamed driver take my car around the block. And if they crash it, I am not liable. The reason I pay public liability, the reason I do that, is if I, you know, something short circuits in my PA, let's hope it never does, but if something does and burns your pub to the ground, I'm covered up to, I don't know, five million, I think it is, for my public liability. But if I let Dave get up and sing a song and he drops the microphone or and he burns your pub to the ground or short circuits your electrics and you've got, and you've got to send the kitchen staff home and you can't serve any meals that night, people are going to say, you know, there was another bloke singing. And I am going to say, well, I told you, I'm not covered. Sort your own pub out. You know, because... I can't, you know, I, I can't be responsible for that. And if I, I don't let people who are not named on my vehicle drive it around the block. Because they crash, I'm then, I'm then not covered. And to insure my car costs me fortune. 
So I've always said, one of my answers is, is when they say to you, can I get up and sing? I say, excuse me, mate, what car do you drive? And they tell me and they go, I'll tell you what then, I'll get up and I'll, you know, your daughter can sing or your wife can sing if I can take your car for a spin when we finish because I'm not named on it. So if I take your car around the block, you're going to worry that I'm going to smash it up. You know, it's only a microphone. Yeah, well, in that case, mate, it's only a car. So, you know, you have to you have to be a bit more polite than that. But sometimes these people don't, they, they do not encourage politeness. Um, but basically, I pay a lot of money to insure my equipment. I am the only one that is the named user of that equipment and I cannot let people get up. This is why people who did karaoke had to pay extra insurance, cover it, cover their their, their equipment, cover their, you know, their their, their um, insurance, just make sure that they they were being responsible because they didn't know who was going to get up and what they were going to do. Um, in the case of karaoke, I suppose, again, um, somebody is always there working the microphones, you know, adjusting the levels and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I've never understood it, and I've met some real real people who really wanted to sing and i had to say i'm really sorry but i can't let you it's nothing to do with ego it's to do with public liability it's to do with my insurance i am the named user of this equipment and I, and or we are we are the named users of this equipment every single member of the band every single member of the duo has to we have to have our public liability we have to have our insurance and we have to have um, our pat testing done every year um, and last year we paid for it and didn't even use any of the equipment because we didn't play any shows so yeah when you, you we pay that money do you know what you should do it anyway you really should do that and make sure your equipment is covered anyway because for what it costs you it's not worth the comebacks but that's my answer I'll let you sing if you let me drive your car because there you go. The, the the theory is the same. I hope I answered your question, Chris. I hope that was quite entertaining to listen to as well. And I'll tell you what, I can't help it. As soon as, as soon as people talk about these 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 idiots who want to get up and sing a song, or they want to get up and play the tambourine, or they want to get up and I I oh so I get worked up. So I'm sorry that that question was a lot longer. The answer was a lot longer than the question. But um, yeah, be sensible. You know, be polite to people. You don't have to be rude. You don't, you know, I'm I'm a big egotistical tosspot. So I have my moments. But um, no, I, I always try to be polite and always say, I'm really sorry. I can't let you, um, you know, there's the odd occasion where it might be a family member of your family or there's the odd occasion where it might just be, you get a feeling, so no, it's okay. Or a girl wants to, a little girl wants to get up and do a nursery rhyme. Well, how are you going to say no to a little girl? But that's uh, that's another thing where you say, okay, well, um, you know, use the spare mic, uh, or the other the other situation is that they might want to get up and sing a song, and you say, sorry, we haven't got anything in that key. We don't do those songs. So if you if you got you know, we, and we haven't got any lyrics up here because we know the songs. We don't we don't do karaoke. So you know, that's uh, that's how I've got around it, Chris. <laughs> Music tuition online. Have your guitar, bass, mandolin, vocal tuition, even production live online. One-to-one tuition via Skype or alternative streaming media. Learn from the safety of your own home. For further information, please contact us at Innovation Studios at 
www.innovationstudios.com. Les in Hutton. Towards, uh, yeah, to, oh, I say towards Brentwood. It is towards Brentwood. Hi, Marcus. I have a little box room and I would like to use it as a home studio, but I'm worried about the noise levels as my neighbours have a baby and I don't want to fall out with them. How can I make decent demos with a minimum of noise? Um, there are two little letters, Les. It is D-I, direct input. So in my case, I would recommend, um, and, and obviously, I mean, you don't, Technology doesn't have to be major. You don't have to spend, it's a little box room. You don't have to, you know, spend fortunes on it. You can get some great results, but you don't need to. So, but whatever it is, whatever your DAW is, whatever, think about what you're, what you're putting through. The only time that you're going to um, really make noise is when you're singing. Because if you, or, or maybe an acoustic guitar, but your bass will be DI'd, your drums hopefully will be, um, programmed and uh, you know the guitars and the bass will be DI'd the keyboard can be DI'd and that can be monitored and listened to um, through headphones so um, when you're listening to uh, things on headphones uh, you know you can you can pretty much work and record a whole thing without um, you know with, without putting the monitors on at all just listening to it just hearing it through the headphones um at some point you're going to want to mix it and you're going to want to run you know just to hear it but maybe that's a case of um you know putting it on your phone and playing it downstairs what you've got so far or find a quieter room um that you can then listen through or, or, or the best way i think um les is Sometimes it's good to sort of do a demo or something, stick it on MP3, play it in your car. Because, you you know, drive around a block, listen to your demos in the car, make some notes, go back. But uh, if you've got, um, I mean, there are, there are many things. In my case, it's a Line 6 pod, but there are, um, I've also got, um, I've got a Line 6 Spider 3 as well, which is the same, same as that. Uh, I've got a Behringer V-Amp. But, I mean, these are, these are kind of uh, old school but they just gave me the results, so I kept, you know, I stayed with them. If you're micing up amplifiers and if you're playing your acoustic loudly and things like that, then, you know, you're going to you're going to struggle um, with the noise. But the other thing is, it's kind of a, it's a respect thing, Liz. Um, you know, if you're if you're strumming acoustic at one o'clock in the afternoon, then you know, sort of schedule your time and say, well, I'm going to do the acoustic between one and two. Um, and you can even speak to your neighbours and say, look, I'm sorry if there's a bit of noise, but between one and two, I'm going to just play my acoustic in that end room. And then you're kind of scheduling your time. I think when people have a problem with it is when the noise is constant. There's like, you know, oh, he's doing something else now. He's doing something else now and singing and belting through. And, um, you know, other than singing. So so it's, it's, it's time management, Les. And as long as you're polite, and, and like you say, you don't want to fall out with your neighbours, which tells me that you know them quite well. And obviously the problem is that sometimes when the walls are paper thin, anything you strum or anything you play, you know, can be heard the other side of the of the wall. But I think uh, as long as you're respectful and as long as, you know, your drums are all done with headphones, keep it to a normal level, though, Les. Don't, don't crank your headphones up in your, in your ears. Keep it sensible because... You're doing a lot of headphone work. And this is another 
nugget of advice that everybody should should adhere to. Never have the headphones too loud in your ears. Can ruin them. Can ruin your hearing, particularly the bud ones. A lot of people have spoken over over the years. Oh, we've made a whole made a whole album using you know the like the, the equivalent of earbuds. Oh my God! You know you need to have some nice nice set of earphones. So get yourself a nice set of earphones, Les. Then keyboards, um, drums, even if they're programmed or or downloaded or created or whatever. Obviously, if you've got a drummer coming into your end room, your neighbour's going to have to move, mate. But um, as long as you're being sensible, then um, you know you can kind of work around it with headphones. So keyboards, guitars, bass can be DI'd with various amp simulators. There are hundreds out there on the market that are quite affordable. Gear for Music, uh, um, Professional Music Technology, uh, GAK, Guitar Amp and Keyboard Center in, in Brighton, to name a few. That's uh, great, really, really great. Uh, Peaches, Peaches, Peaches Guitars. Um, there's so many of them. And there's so many things available online. Uh, I think it's T-H-O-M-A-N-N. Um, I don't know if it's Tommen or Thoman or whatever it is, but it's from uh, they're a German company and they have a lot of stuff. And they're very, very, um, yeah, very, very, let's say cheap. They're not cheap. They're very, very, um, what's the word? Um, just very, very, um, well, just affordable. And, and they're very competitive in terms of the prices. You'd be amazed at how much you can you can save by you know time you pay the postage from from Germany, which a lot of the time is is pretty much you know free postage or or pennies really. You can save a bit, so get yourself a decent amp simulator. You know, I mean, Line Six Pod you can pick up for like thirty quid on eBay. Um, plug into that. Plug your guitars into that. Um, keyboard will plug straight into your um, audio workstation. Um, also, um, yeah, bass will plug straight into your audio workstation. Drums will be programmed. You can do all of that with headphones. Um, and then if you want to stick a vocal and acoustic guitar on afterwards, then it's a case of being sensible. And, um, you know, if if it's a case of you just speak to your neighbours and you say to them, um, you know, I'm going to do a bit of recording about between one and two. Um, because what you don't want is to get a really good take and someone's banging on the wall. So... You know, you, it's it's a case of being respectful. It's a case of uh, doing what's right, and it's a case of DIing, direct input. Just plug everything straight in, because to be absolutely fair, Les, if you're just doing, um, you know, just just making some nice nice little demos, or you you can make a pretty good album. I mean, the the first two albums by the Matching were pretty well. They were they were made pretty much on my sofa in the living room on the laptop, an Acer laptop. Um, and to be honest, you can tell. <laughs> um, but um, at that time, that's all I had. That's all I really really wanted to work with. So, and, and there are a lot of albums that were made at home. I, I think um, White Ladder by David Gray, I think was was like a homemade album. Vocals may have been done in a studio. But that's, that's another option that you have, uh, Les, is to do all of your music via di at home and then when you've got all your songs and all your backing tracks ready with di then you know hire a studio such as this one or you know there's plenty out there buzzwood studios and then just say can i can i come in and do vocals for a couple of hours might cost you 40 quid or 50 quid 
but you've done all the hard work, music's there, and all you've got to do is put your vocal on it. So the, the loud stuff, you can then uh, either do that, or if you use certain programs, in my case, it's Audacity, all right? Shoot me down, but it's Audacity. Um, but there are hundreds of other ones as well. And if they're um, mobile, i.e. they're on a laptop, um, or or in, in, in the case of Audacity, you can copy the files over and then open it on a separate computer. So you then can find somewhere else. Uh, you can hire a hall or you can move into the lounge and record your vocals somewhere else. doesn't always have to be in that end room. So it's common sense, Les. But DI everything and then either hire a studio to do your vocals and a nice acoustic guitar or um, if you're able to move uh, your computer for a couple of days, move it into a different room to do the loud stuff once you've done all of the, the busy stuff. I, I don't know if your wife and kids will be overly happy about that. Um, but, you know, that that's the other option. Um, sensible. Sensible, that's all, mate. Need help setting up your own home studio? Why not book a consultation online? Here at Innovation Studios, we can help and advise on the best equipment for you, your ideas, your budget, and your space. Maybe even book a home visit. We can help you set up, install, and use your software, offering a recording workshop in your very own studio in your very own home, going through techniques and offering advice and guidance to get you up and running. Go to www.innovationstudios.com for further information. Okay. Emily Thorpe-Lasokan. Hi, Marcus. I am 17 and I'm looking for a career in the music industry, not necessarily as an artist, but maybe in a studio. Do you have any advice and do you have any vacancies, LOL? Can you advise the best way of moving towards my goal? Yeah, Thorpe-Lasokan, Emily. Goodness me, Claxton Way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... Where music's concerned, that there's a lot of um, grey area with um, colleges and universities where, and I, only from what I've heard, so it, it may not, may or may not be true, but when I hear that somebody can't study music because they're not as good in as they could be in maths or English or, um, I I can't I can't agree with that. But then, having said that, I suppose it's a way of of getting people focused. If they if they want something, they have to earn it. So maybe there's a method to that, you know, to to what I consider to be madness. But the honest truth is, um, you know, I think it's I think if if particularly if somebody shows a real um, talent for music, to not be able to explore that because of other lessons that they don't you know they're not getting the results in um something wrong with that i find but anyway um the thing emily is uh, my daughter is the same actually she she tells me the other day that she wants to do something in the music industry but she doesn't know what um she knows she probably won't be a performer but she um is looking to do you know and she and she's got these ideas maybe maybe being a road manager maybe being um, a sound engineer, you know, this, this sort of thing. The way to do it, Emily, is um, sometimes 
you need to make the tea. So if you if you're still at um, I'm assuming if you're 17, you're still at uh, college or or a school. Um, or you're thinking about uni. If you, if you think about uni, you'll be you take you know you take take music as an option at uni. You'll cover a lot of stuff. Um, but I would advise that uh, if you are studying, then um, write to some of the studios and just give you know give some of your time um, voluntary. Now. I know that's, you know, people talk, oh, you know, you shouldn't do things for free. But the truth of it is, in this business, you have to speculate to accumulate. Most of the of the people that listen to this, I'm sure, at one time or another, have played a show for charity or have played a show for nothing, for, uh, which is a showcase, which then might lead to other work. We've all done showcases for agents. We've all done showcases, you know, for Thomas Cook or for other travel companies, we've all given our time freely. Charity's different, but we've all given our time freely in order that the work might come in afterwards. And people that audition for the West End, Emily, are travelling around on trains and buses all the time, paying their own expenses after the time. And if they don't get the part, they go on to the next one, but they might just get the part. So if you want that job, then do that job. And do it... You know, that you, you can write to the studios. I don't have any vacancies. I'm pretty much a one-man band here. Um, but even if, you know, there, there are plenty of studios that would would be interested in. Write, write a nice letter. Just say you're looking to get into the business, into music industry, um, and you're looking to, you know, and, and, you know to, to improve yourself and to learn. And the best way to learn is hands-on because um, we... This business will um, find a way of biting you if you haven't put the work in. And, um, you know, the, the, the most important thing, Emily, is to be versatile and to listen to so many different styles of music. And that goes for everybody that wants to do a job in music. You cannot be, um, you, you know, you, you cannot be prejudiced against any particular kind of music because you never know when you're going to come up against it. And you might just find something in rap or hip hop or reggae or whatever it is that you, that you don't think you were a fan of. You might just find something in there that then inspires you to write something or to take a, a rhythm from it or a, or a lyric from it. You know, don't do that too much, but you know what I mean? Um, or just take a feeling from it and then write something of your own. So the, the, the truth is, write to some studios... Um, better yourself with what you're listening to listen to as many different artists as you can um kieran won't mind me um saying this kieran who who edits all of this and puts the work in he said to me that he is trying over the next six months to to listen to six different styles in order to learn more about them and if you want to get involved in the music industry and you want to learn about how you know, how studios work or how things are mixed or whatever, then I mean, there are plenty of workshops you can do and plenty of things to be found online and plenty of advice to be found online. But the most, the, the, the quickest and the best way and the most effective way is to write to some studios and go and do some voluntary, even if it's only, you know, two nights a week in a rehearsal room. 
but you're making the tea, you're listening to bands rehearsing, you can go in, you're setting up the microphones for them, so you're getting used to the equipment. Then they might say to you, Emily, you know, um, we're recording somebody on Saturday. If you're free, do you want to come in and sit in on the session? Then you're there, you're doing the job. You're not, you're not doing a test on it, writing stuff down. You're doing the job. And then it might be a case that after a couple of months, they say to you, you know, we've got a band coming in for a week. Are, are you off uh, college that week? Come in and do some engineering. They might cover your expenses. They might not. But you're hands-on and you're learning. And then it might be that um, a month after that, one of the guys goes sick. And you've got a band in there and they, they just need, you know, that, that sort of second pair of ears. And you're that second pair of ears. You know why? Because you've been moving in those circles. The most important thing, and I'm going to give him a shout, is a gentleman called Ian Pont, who used to play, he was uh, played cricket for Essex. And I met Ian 25 years ago. And uh, I haven't seen him for a while. If, if he ever hears this, I want to say thank you. And the reason I want to say thank you is because I was chatting to him about the fact that I really wanted to make a go of music. I really wanted to push. And I said, I don't really know where to start. And he said, you need to go professional or you need to do the job. Find a way of doing the job. Because then when you're doing the job, you're moving in those circles. And that's what I did. I moved in those circles and started to, you know, uh, approach some studios about getting some work or you know, approach some, and it wasn't necessarily as a performer, but approach some rehearsal rooms about uh, getting advice or sometimes they just want somebody to sit there of an evening and then lock up at the end. But when you're sitting there, you're listening to music, bands will come out and say, you know, I've got this problem with the, with the amp, it's, not, it's making a noise. And you, you move in those circles and you pick up little bits and little snippets of advice. So if you want to do that sort of thing, Emily, start doing it now. And it can go as work experience. It can go alongside your, you know, your college courses or your university if you can squeeze it in. Uni is a pretty, pretty different uh, animal. But the most important thing is to do it because music will surprise you, and you'll learn a lot more. My, I said to my daughter, she's fourteen. You've got to listen to different styles of music. You've got to understand about different styles of music, different genres. It doesn't matter whether it's on your playlist or not. Research it, learn about it, put it to one side. If you never want to listen to it again, then don't listen to it again. But at least make a note of what you listen to, when you listen to it, and what happens. So so uh, Kieran is doing that. He's putting some time in, and it was totally his, his idea. And when he told me, I jumped on it. I went, go for it. Listen to it. Listen to stuff. So write to some studios, Emily. Nice, polite letter that you're looking to you know move in those circles you're looking to pick up some advice um you're looking to you know learn um and you know somebody will give you but somebody will give you a chance particularly if they're not paying you they'll give you a chance but then the payment then comes with the amount of um advice that you get the amount of knowledge that you accumulate and then ultimately when somebody leaves You've been working there, or at least you've been a permanent fixture there for the last six months. They might say to you, Emily, there's a job here. We want you to work. You know, we, there's a little bit of clerical work, but there's some there's some paperwork. And we need you to man the studio a couple of nights a week. And then, you know, a couple of other days, there's a band coming in. And then you'll look at it and go, this isn't bad. You know, I can do this. You'll have some pretty big decisions to make, Emily, if things go to plan. But 
Get yourself in. It's not like football. There's not millions of kids out there kicking a the ball around and you could go over Hackney Marshes, if anybody knows that, and pick up an international goalkeeper. No problem. Who just didn't didn't make the grade at Chelsea or or, or you know or or Arsenal and ended up getting dropped and didn't didn't make it. And he's in the international you know, he's as good as anybody in the world. And he's at Hackney Marshes. So that's the thing, is to just move in those circles. There's plenty of studios out there. There's plenty of rehearsal rooms. There's plenty of recording studios. There's plenty of, you know, you don't want to necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily put myself working in a music agency where you're just making phone calls. Move in those circles. Get involved. Because if you then become a performer, and you might, you've got all this knowledge of how uh, albums are recorded. You've got all this knowledge of how things are structured. And you've got all of this knowledge and friendship with some of the people who can then help you do that. So, Move in those circles. It might cost you a little bit of expenses. It might cost you a little bit of taxi money or or petrol money. Um, but if you do it, I promise you the rewards will be that you will pick up so much information. And that's worth more than any money. And then the money eventually will start coming to you because you've been doing that job. When somebody leaves that studio or somebody moves on or hears of another studio that wants somebody... You will be the first one that gets the call because you are moving in those circles. If you're studying from home, studying at college, studying at university, you come out the same time as everybody else looking for a job. I'm saying get in there now and start doing a little bit of part time at the studio, giving up your time and accumulating your knowledge. And let me know how you get on. I wish I had a vacancy because you sound like a polite young lady. But um, I wish you all the best. And, of course, everybody who listens to this, thank you very much again. Another another week flying past. Another 41 minutes of my ranting to listen to. But I look forward to receiving your questions this week. Um, special thanks to everybody that uh, sent me messages of support after Doug's oh, hurtful email last week. And I look forward to seeing you next week which will be the 19th of February. Until I do, stay warm, stay safe, stay sane. Yours in Music, signing off, www.innovationstudios.com. Bye-bye for now. 